Like, yeah. you showed up and you put in some sort of effort. You did something. You didn't just wear a t-shirt and jeans, so they should be happy. Right, or a name tag that's like, hi, I'm John Craig or something. Like, see, my name is different. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, that was golden. I love I it. I like simplicity and I like it to be very couples clean. All acted very simple. The matching couples. Oh, my Lord, strange. I hate the matching couples. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I think I'm attracted to normal looking women. Right, but that's not accurate. You have weird taste. Those are all things that most of us could really improve on. It's gonna, it's gonna vary wildly, if anyone listens at all. That's what I call interesting. No real substance? That's super interesting. Fascinating, almost. Welcome to While We're on the Subject, where we talk about what we talk about. Now, here's the show. Uno, dos, tres. Hi, Mike. Hey, John. How's it going? It's going all right. How are you doing? I can't complain. I can't complain at all. Yeah. I can always complain. I can't stop it with that. No one can. That's why I can always do it. It's true. All right. So I thought we'd start today with a little bit of follow-up. All right. So obviously I do edits for shows and things. And as I've been getting things ready for the launch next week, right? I went through and listened to some of the previous recordings that we've done and Mm -hmm. there's something that i really need to clarify from episode three because as will so often happen when you go back and you listen to yourself try to articulate something on the fly you just misstate yourself often he does that a lot yeah you know like we both do everyone does it's it's unavoidable me less than him but him a lot in case you guys are keeping score (sighs) anyway Mm -hmm. so i just wanted to mention that A couple episodes ago, we talked a lot about goals and time tracking, and I really emphasized a big distinction between basing goals on a process and basing them on the outcomes, and trying to think about things based upon a system of how you do things, as opposed to what you want at the end. And then my big example was Spanish, and everything I said about Spanish in terms of like improving pronunciation or improving vocabulary or improving your grammar, those three things were all outcomes. None of those were about the system, about how long do I spend every day, how many flashcards do I make, how much time do I invest in talking to people. None of those things were system things like that. And that was just, uh, yeah, not well done. I, I will still say that I think the system is an incredibly important as a way to measure for long-term goal setting. If you're trying to measure whether or not you're being successful and doing something long-term, following it based upon the process and the system and determining whether or not you're adhering to the system that you want to adhere to is a much better way than doing outcomes because so many things you can't see outcomes in a few months or in a few weeks. And so, yeah, anyway, yeah. there it is. Just so you guys know, in a couple of years, we're probably going to have an episode fully in Spanish. A couple of years, man. Six months. Oh, okay. You heard him. Six months. Six months. We're holding them to that. I think that might Full alienate episode the in audience. Spanish. Yeah, it's for their inconvenience. But they're going to be impressed. They're going to be like, whoa, that dude is speaking Spanish for a whole 60 minutes. Incredible. I'm, I'm sure everyone will stay for the entire time just to be they like, They might oh, just yep, listen and wait for you to fail. Yeah. They're just going to wait for you to say an English word and be like, oh, it's done. His streak is over. I'm not even sure how they would know I would fail if they don't speak Spanish. By hearing you say something in English? But yeah. like, I could just be messing everything up in Spanish. And... That's not the point. The point is that you're putting in the effort to not use any English. Yeah, I suppose that's true. I have no follow-ups, just in case <laughs> anyone's wondering. <laughs> okay. Uh, do we have any announcements? Sorry, I, I, I know we didn't talk about this, but um, I was thinking... So, we're recording on the 25th of October. Not that it matters. Well, it's but the 24th for me, still, technically. 
Right. You're you're in the past, man. Get into the future like me. I will in five minutes. <laughs> okay. But this show should be going up on the 31st or the 1st, kind of like a Halloween special. And we'll be getting, hopefully, everything out there on the 1st. This is the last episode that we will be recording before we finally go live with the whole thing. Yeah. We're having a spooky while we're on the subject. Okay. Sure. Yeah. It's a thing. Look it up. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good stuff, Mike. But yeah, so we'll be going live after this one and we'll finally be able to get some external feedback and have follow-up next time on things that other people tell us and anything that people think about the show. But yeah, I'm excited about that. That'll be a We're big step forward. forward to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, won't be our little secret project anymore. We'll have to get other people's opinions and talk That's to true. other people we know. Yeah, yeah should be good. Uh, should yeah. be good. All right. I mean, terrifying. That's why it's spooky. I'm probably going to do that like three or four more times, just a heads up. Moving on. So you wanted to talk about good days today, yeah? You have this thing in the show notes. I did. I did. What's your angle on good days? I like good days. Good days are good. Well, I mean, I don't know. The last week or two, I just felt like I've been having good days. And, you know, I couldn't think of anything that was happening that was particularly special or different from any other day or there'd be days where i kind of like woke up and then somewhere in the middle of my day i just bam i was like oh this is a great day or i'd wake up in a good mood so i was just kind of like i want to know what's a good day mean to you what's a good day for john and you know i'll try to come up with what a good day is for me i mean i could start if you'd like yeah you go ahead let me think about that for a minute so over the last few weeks what has been so great like what what has made these days good i think a big factor of it is that I recently been let go of my previous job because they're going out of business and then so I started applying to a lot of places and for a long time there's a lot of silence and then in the last month or so I've been getting like job offers and I ended up taking the job and then I ended up getting better job offers and I ended up putting in my two weeks you know having people like offering me jobs and interviews and you know some people were like you know we'd really love you please please work with us or begging you to come yeah almost it almost felt that way yeah it was just very flattering money yeah i can imagine very it was very flattering and then even at my current job my boss was like is there any way we can make you stay like pretty good asset even though i've been there for a very short amount of time and so i don't know being in demand or desired i don't really know it's kind of just made every day good and i've just been Spending a lot of time with my girlfriend, and we're getting along, and okay. Just so, but every uh, every time I'm doing something, I just feel like it's not a bad thing. You know what I mean? Even if something bad does happen, in yeah. Sometime between all the good days and just waking up feeling good. So it's just your general mental state for the last couple of weeks has just been in a good spot. Yeah, you've been feeling good about yourself, feeling good about life and everything. The direction right, and then yeah, and then so I think there's just like particular days where I wake up and I'm. Just enjoying that day more than I would the next day or the day before. But what makes that day good? Like, is it the, the things that happened on the previous day that just, it carries through with momentum? Is it when you I wake mean, up, what you have to do during the day? I mean, sometimes I wake up and I feel fresh. I don't feel tired or groggy. Okay. I'm not, like, struggling to get out of bed. And that sometimes will just make my day. Or, yeah, it'll be something like I'll get a phone call and it'll be a place that's like, Come work with us. We would really love you here. And maybe like the next day I'll be thinking about it and be like, man, another job offer. That's great. Like, it's weird because, you know, when you first start working, it's like almost impossible to get a job. And then you build some experience and it's like a whirlwind of offers 
flying at you and it's it's a very new experience for me so i think that sort of having just like a generally positive impact sure i get a call or an email or something you know even if it's just for like an interview just like good news you know so it's just something good it's never like a negative thing you know what i mean yeah and lately even when i do have bad news or something bad did happen for the day there's so many like little good things happening or the day's running smoothly and it just outweighs the one bad thing well then let's let's flip it around real quick what would make a day bad like you're in this great mental state what kind of thing could just throw a day off and make you feel like the day was terrible didn't go well mm, that didn't even occur to me honestly right now at this point i couldn't really tell you well, but this so has late. happened to you before you've you haven't just had great days every day since you were born right i mean you're right but i i haven't thought about that very much and Okay. hasn't occurred to me i mean the other day my mom's car key got stolen yeah and it was kind of my fault and so i had to pay for it and that uh, was a bummer it ruined my day okay but even then after that was over just being able to get it resolved almost immediately mm. it took maybe like i don't know two hours yeah if that it was super okay. fast it was really yeah. fast so even that as much as, as a bummer it was to pay whatever amount of money for it and how upset everyone was just being in a good mood yeah. helped me solve that problem really fast. And it didn't really ruin my day for very long. So even things like that haven't had the kind of impact on me that they might normally Well, that lately. is cool. I mean, it's nice to have just such a uh, incredibly positive mental state that nothing really can shake it or affect it. That's, that's awesome. So that's just how I've been lately. So it's kind of hard to really think of the bad day because it's just okay. that's not where I'm at right now. Yeah, I would say my whole state is much more temperamental. I mean, generally, I would say I'm pretty good natured and optimistic about everything, like I overly would, optimistic. I would agree. I would agree. Yeah, but I don't know. For me, like, I think I think the standard of what I expect from a day or expect to do during a day is much higher than it used to be. Mm-hmm. If I go through a day and it gets to like noon and I haven't done anything, I really feel like crap. That's fair. Because there has to be a combination of failures to get to that point that mm-hmm. is frustrating because that's something that I've been actively working on for a long time now. In, right. in making sure that my mornings get on track in a solid routine so that I can get a lot done in the morning so that the afternoon I can kind of cruise. And when you're looking for work or self-employed or traveling or when you don't have these really hard and fast constraints on your day and structure to your day, it becomes really easy to just let time slide by. Right. Because because what it means if I don't get anything done until noon is that I didn't get up when I wanted to get up and I didn't follow the plan that I put together the night before about what I was going to do in the morning. And I just wasted time, especially now that I track my time so closely and have so many projects that I want to be moving forward on and working on. When I find myself not motivated and not being productive in the morning, it's just like, oh, man, like I know exactly what I could have gotten done in those three or four hours. Right. And it almost makes it worse as you think about it. It's like when you meet someone and... They're like, yeah, when I was 22, I was just graduating college, and now I'm 30, and I've got these millions of dollars, and I'm hugely successful, and run these companies, and have sold three startups. That gives you such a strong feeling of, 
what you didn't do over right. the last half a decade or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. No, I, I get what you're saying. Only you've managed to turn it into an art of what you haven't done in a single day. Impressive. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But I will say what makes a good day for me is when I get on track. When I make a plan in the evening before I go to bed and then I get up in the morning and just do that. And I accomplish two or three things during the day that I want to accomplish. Right. I just feel perfect. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, generally I'm pretty happy about just about anything, and there's not very much that can upset me. As long as I get some of the things that I want to get done or am productive in the way that I want to be productive, right? I'm pretty happy, I would say. Yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I mean, also, you know what I think has been helping me a lot just for developing these good days? What? Is I spent most of my mornings in traffic and, like, uh. this, like, really huge, like, just, like, frustration... Yeah, because you used like, to work far away, right? Still do. For the oh, right, time you haven't being. changed jobs yet. Yeah, yeah, for the time being. And so being able to get frustrated and curse at the cars for being stupid, uh-huh. I feel like it, it sort of releases a lot of tension. Really? Yeah, and I think something like that has led to good days too, even when I'm frustrated and irritated. You know, eventually you kind of realize that you can't really do much about it, and then you stop stressing about it. And even if it does get frustrating and you scream a little or yell a little or whatever it is you know you get it off your chest and then you just feel better you know it's funny because that's almost the opposite for me i would say since i left los angeles and i stopped having 30 minute to two hour commutes i feel much better just not doing that oh no i mean i would prefer not to do it if i had the option but when i do do it and i get frustrated like that just being able to release that frustration sure yeah no i I could see that i mean and it's interesting because for me one of the big things that is a barometer for whether or not a day is going well and if a day is really going off track something that i can do to like get myself kind of back on track is going for a nice long walk like if i walk for between like 60 and 90 minutes Mm -hmm. when i sit down i can focus so much better and i could deal with things in such a more effective way and it just makes me feel better in multitudinous ways and so when i was in china Mm -hmm. my commute would always be like an hour of walking slash metroing you know what i mean right and that would be just a great way to start the day even if i was late and struggling to get to the class or something it's so much better for me than driving um and that's still something that i do if i was struggling and it's 11 a.m and i haven't got anything done it's like well i'm just gonna go for a walk reset and then get stuff done for the afternoon okay really like the big thing is just feeling some sort of progression feeling like i've learned something or i've made something or i've improved something i've moved something forward that's what really makes me feel good about where I am in my life and in, in, in any given day. I don't know if there's anything more you wanted to say on this, but going back to the commute, I did want to ask you generally where you stand on, on cars. Mm, I like having a car because I live in California. Southern California specifically, it just makes it easier to get anywhere that I want to go. Well, you said you kind of get something, like you find your commute therapeutic in a certain respect? Well, it can be, Okay. So, do you like driving? Just the actual driving? You know, some people just want to wander off for an hour at night and drive through the mountains or something. Like, do you enjoy just going on the 405 and driving for 30 minutes? Obviously, that's not the mountains, but, you know. I honestly can't say I do. Okay, so you don't. I think when I first started driving i like driving but now 
driving is like a necessity, so it's become more of a chore. Okay. And I'm sure there's been days where I've driven down PCH in the morning up to like Malibu with my girlfriend and we stop by and we get like breakfast somewhere and it's just sort of like letting the route sort of decide our day. Yeah. And th- that could be nice in that sense. I've, I've enjoyed driving, okay. but it's so rare that I do that, you know? Yeah. How about you? How do you feel about no longer really driving? Um, I would say I'm really happy about not driving and not having a car. It, it was interesting being home this summer and driving 2,000 miles and having the sense after kind of a couple years of not having a car at all what right. it is to have a car yeah. because cars undoubtedly give you a level of freedom and mobility it doesn't matter really what city you're in you don't have that level of freedom and mobility without a car like since getting here to dublin uh-huh so basically the insurance companies won't insure me until i get an irish license so i can drive if i got like a rental car but i can't really drive my girlfriend's car or anything here right so i'm stranded or stuck with public transit when she isn't around to drive me someplace right or uh-huh. i have to use a bike which in Dublin actually works really well because it's pretty compact and it's pretty bikeable. But you definitely do see very quickly that having a car just makes it fast and easy to get to a whole bunch of places right, that you convenient. can't get to with public transit. But I will say, if you don't have a car, you end up reshaping your life in a lot of ways. Like where you choose to live, what you choose to do, you shape your life around the transportation options that you have. Right. And I'm very aware about how much time I save by not driving. Which I think is something that people don't fully appreciate. So how do you save time not driving? It's because you select more carefully what you're doing. I don't know if that makes any sense. But for instance, like let's say I'm going to go get groceries, right? Right. If I'm driving, you have to walk out to the car, you have to get in the car, you have to drive to the place, you have to get out, and you have to get the groceries and then come back. And I might do it at any point. If I'm walking, I'm going to try to coordinate it so that i pick up groceries on the way home from some place so it won't be a separate trip it'll just be i'll get it on the way i might add a minute or two as i'm walking out of my way to go to the grocery store instead of directly home but i think when you don't have a car you find a lot of ways to eliminate that time right so you have to be a lot more economical with any place that you go to yeah well and it's it's there is time involved in having a car like simply put when you're walking you don't have time for a lot of things in terms of parking in terms of trying to maneuver around traffic and things and obviously you can say that okay i I wasn't saying that very well but what what i'm trying to say is that like especially with commuting you spend a lot of time in transit and living in los angeles I would spend a huge amount of time every day driving because just anything you have to do, you have to drive. And so you end up being in the car 10, 15, 20 minutes each way to each thing that you're doing. And that adds up a lot, especially when you're driving around and you can't find parking and you have to try to maneuver and all for somebody. Which is very common in LA because parking is atrocious. Yeah, it's, it's huge. And when you're walking, you don't have to deal with any of that. There are so many things that you never have to think about. So many small stresses that just get removed from your life. Because walking, for me at least, helps me think and it helps to remove stress. It helps me relax. And Mm -hmm. you don't have to worry about 
crashing your car, you don't have to worry about scratching it on a post or scratching it on another car or denting some of the cars you're trying to park or not being able to get there on time because of traffic. Right. And so if you live in a place where you don't absolutely need a car, because I agree, if I was in Los Angeles, like when I got back to Long Beach, I spent the first couple of days without a car. I was just completely reliant on you and my other friends to come pick me up and drive me places because you just can't go places in Los Angeles without a car. Right. But if you can live someplace where you don't need it to get around, either think it's more compact or there's good public transit, I think it's very preferable not to have a car. I feel like I would be inclined to agree with you. Yeah. Being in a place where everything's kind of in walking distance just seems like less of a hassle. Yeah. And being able to walk somewhere would feel a lot less like a chore and more like a outing. Yeah. I guess. And it doesn't cost as much to walk. Cars are expensive. Even for me back home when I had this very cheap old wagon from the 80s. I think it was a gas guzzler. Yeah, the, the gas it costs, the insurance, it adds up, even if you're not spending any money on actually buying a car. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, not, I'm not hugely into it. So obviously I, to some extent, have decided where I'm going to live and what I'm going to do based upon not having a car right or i don't know if that's obvious but i have that's a big consideration for me some place that i absolutely need a car i will not live because that also tells you other things about that place it also tells you that you can't really walk very many places if you need a car the whole layout of everything is going to be less ideal that's true or just far away all the time for no reason Right. Well, and if everybody always has to drive to things, then you know there's going to be lots of parking everywhere, which spreads things out more and makes things less attractive. And you know that there are going to be bigger roads, so there's going to be a lot more traffic noise. You know, all sorts of stuff like that. It's going to be less pleasant to be a pedestrian, less pleasant to be a bicyclist, because there are just massive high-speed roads everywhere. And so if you go to some place where you can conceivably not have a car, more people will not have cars, and that's just a nicer way to live. Okay, yeah, I get it. But I, I like California so much. I think it's I think it's worth it. Here, driving is totally worth the hassle of getting to live here. Because there's always something going on. The weather's generally really great. So you're saying you think it's worth it living in Southern California to have a car? Yeah, I think if having to own a car is part of having to live in California, I think it's worth it. If there's other places to live and you need a car and the place that you live in isn't gorgeous and the weather isn't good and there isn't stuff happening all the time, like really active and you need a car, it's probably not worth it. Right. So if you live in Texas. Right. I don't think it would be worth it. Okay. So you don't want to ever leave California then? I'm just saying that since I live here and I like living here, that if part of living here means having to drive and own a car, yeah. I'm okay with that. Well, but, okay. Now, if I am, if I do plan on moving somewhere, I would also probably take into consideration whether or not driving would be a big part of my life. And if I can avoid that, I would. Well, then what are the priorities in terms of choosing where you live? Because this is something, when I went to go study in France, that I had to reconsider a lot. Because if you're still living in a big city... I would say Paris is the most opposite of Los Angeles that you're going to get. It's incredibly centralized. It's incredibly old. It's got the best public transit I think maybe I've ever had in a place that I've been. Mm -hmm. And the way everybody does everything is completely different from back home in Los Angeles. And so I had to recalibrate everything after I lived there and readjust everything. Mobility and the way you get around became, after that, a big priority of mine in terms of choosing where I was going to live. What are the big things for you? Like, what what are the things that you really care about in terms of choosing where you live? Hmm. 
That is a good question. I'm going to have to think about that. Because obviously for the people are a significant thing. And that's one of the things that I didn't consider enough before and that I've been finding is really nice since I've gotten here to Ireland. Living in certain places, it's just easier to meet people because certain places attract certain kinds of people, right? Right. So if you're in Los Angeles, it's going to attract people that want to be in the movie industry. It's going to attract people that like beaches and like like that whole thing with the weather and let's say generally more shallow people, more active people, all of those super sporty, fit people. That's what Los Angeles just draws. I mean, that's that's fair. That's probably an accurate description of a lot of people here. Yeah, well, because I mean, you can meet a lot of people that are from there or you can meet a lot of immigrants or it's those people. If they're people that have come from the rest of the United States, it's generally those people. If you go to New York, right. you're meeting a completely different cast of characters. Or if you go to D.C. Like, if you go to D.C., you're meeting a ton of people that want power. They really are obsessed with being successful and what happens in the world. You know what I mean? Like, they're a very engaged group of people. It's, it's a completely different right. vibe from la i would say like dc i would live in dc seems like a pretty good city but why i don't know just it's close to a coast (laughs) okay Uh, yeah seems like there's a lot going on there i sort of like that that there's this vibe to it it's alive you know yeah it draws people i sort of like that idea maybe like a sort of culture having some culture even if it is a political culture not so much the people. But like you're talking about the place being distinct in terms of... Yeah, okay. sort of like something that's novel about it. it. doesn't necessarily have to be unique, but, you know... But when you're living in a place, that doesn't really matter, right? Or I don't know. I I think I think it adds something to it. Okay. When you tell somebody where you live, it has meaning for them because they associate certain things with it. Is that, is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah, but it's not necessarily me being like... I live here, you know what that means, <laughs> or you know why, or whatever. I just mean, like, for me personally, like, okay. sure, there's a lot of shallow people or people that want to get famous or people that are in entertainment, but I like meeting those kind of people. Or not necessarily those kind of people, but I just like meeting people who are drawn somewhere. I think that's cool. I think it's cool that people want to travel X amount of miles to get somewhere and follow something or do something. Or... Well, but you would find that, you would find that in any kind of significant city in the right. world though and so that's fine with me okay i'm okay with living in any significant city oh well right but if you actually have to choose and you have to sit down and you have to say well these are the five places that i'm going to consider going out and like making a life for myself what are the things that you think about well the weather matters to me i would okay. like somewhere where it doesn't get like deathly cold okay mid- the midwest is fairly dry yeah. <laughs> okay southwest of the u.s is out other than california <laughs> right that is also correct Okay. Just generally moderate weather. Doesn't have to be perfect, just moderate, like not too crazy. Nowhere where it's negative 20 or 110 yeah. at any point. You know, when I first moved away, weather was a really important thing to me. Like, I would say the transportation and weather were the two biggest things in my thinking about where to live. Mm-hmm. But as I've lived in more places and experienced more weather, because when I was living in Beijing, the winter was really cold and horrible. And you remember in Korea... The winter was rough. But it wasn't terrible, you know what I mean? Like, a good coat was enough. It was really cold, man. I mean, I, I remember, but I never felt like, oh, man, how could anyone bear this? I don't know if it got colder after I left or before I was no, there. No, no. When you... But while I was there, even even when it was at its coldest, 
The worst thing I could think of was when the wind was, like, whipping me in the face. Yeah, when we were in Seoul, you had gloves and a hat and a jacket and a scarf, and you felt like you were going to die. You guys took the metro because you couldn't walk, like, five blocks because it was too cold for you. That's because the wind was really violent and hitting me in the face, and it numbed right, it that's the weather. several times. That's the weather, Mike. Yeah, but it was just that day. Like, every other day was fine. Okay. And every other day it was pretty cold. My... I mean, even the days where it snowed really terribly, it, it didn't bother me nearly as much as just that one particular windy day. Sure, but you only did have to experience and you can... it for a week and a half. Right, and not I mean... three, four months. People can get acclimated to those kind of things. That's true. Well, and this, this is my point, that initially when I was fleeing Los Angeles, I was like, I don't want to be someplace with a terribly hot summer. And I still kind of feel that way. But weather is much less of an important thing than it used to be for me. Because it used to be like... Well, basically everywhere in the U.S. other than the Pacific Northwest is out because the summers are too hot or the winters are too cold, and that's a no-go. I'm not doing hot, buggy, sweaty summers. I'm with you on that one. But I will say, if you're living in a big city, you spend it enough of your time inside that if you have a month or two that are kind of rough in the summer or a month or two that are kind of rough in the winter, it doesn't really matter. It shouldn't be a top priority as much as I used to think it should. And the people that you can meet and the culture of the place that you're going to be in, I think should be a much higher priority, at least for me. I agree with that. I mean, that was one of the big things. Second thing was weather. But I have met people, enough people for me to feel like it's a trend, Okay. from Chicago who've come to California just so they don't have to experience another, like, Chicago winter. Well, and Chicago is particularly terrible, right? Like... It right. is known for having winters where if you, you have to go out and ski goggles or else your eyes will freeze. Like, you know, that that's not... Right. That, that, that's taking an extreme. It's like saying, yeah, I don't want to live in Alaska because it gets cold. Well, like, sure, I could, I could see that. If you don't like the cold, probably yeah. don't go to Alaska. If you don't like the heat, probably but don't was, go to Dubai. But I think to me it was just so striking, this sort of fear <laughs> that they had when they talked about it. Like this one lady in particular. Yeah. The way she talked about snow made it sound like a monster. Well, I, I can remember a few years ago, there was an NFL game that was supposed to be mm -hmm. in Buffalo, in New York, and it got canceled mm -hmm. because there was too much snow. And I remember every like all of the announcers and all the people talking about it were like, you know, the snow must have been incredibly bad there for them to cancel because they're just used to snow. And they had had like 16 feet of snow or something, I don't remember exactly, just houses were buried. And I've never experienced anything like that. I was like, I can't even imagine eight feet of snow, much less 16. Right. You're talking about it goes up to your roof. Yeah, that's... I don't even understand. People are impressive. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you that weather is still a fact. For extreme right. weather, I would avoid it. And I would still avoid Los Angeles because of the weather, because it's too hot for me. But there are other things that I think matter more to me now. Yeah, That's fair. That's pretty much the two main things, like having a city with culture and okay. interesting people and stuff going on. I'm, I'm not really a guy who goes out a lot, but I'd, I like having the options. I like that if I want to go out at 11.30 at night to get dinner just because, I can do that anywhere. I can go somewhere. Like, you know what I mean? Sure, yeah. Well, and that, it's, is, it's, that is something that I will say has been unusual for me here because when I was living in Korea, and even China to a certain extent, things were open really late. Like, Korea, everything was 24 hours. And in China... Dude. There was always stuff open till 10 or 11, just like normal restaurants. I would come home at like 11, right. 11.30, and there, I would just go to the restaurant down the street. Here, everything closes at like 6 on the weekdays. Wild. There are some things that stay open till like 9, but... Like the pubs? Yeah, well, yeah, the pubs stay open later. But if you don't want to go get a drink, 
everything's shut down. In the winter, the parks close at like four because the sun sets so early. And so it, it is really a different world <laughs> than what I was used to and different from LA markedly. It's the sort of thing that you don't really think about, you don't really understand. Yeah. I, I think we should follow up on this maybe next time so you can think about it a uh-huh. little bit more. But I, I still am curious because your requirements of decent weather, of distinct culture, and things to do apply to almost mm-hmm. any city of more than two million people or more than a million and a half people. I mean, they won't have decent weather. Well, most cities have decent weather, though. Like, most cities are not in North Dakota. Or, I don't know, maybe you have a different definition for what decent weather is. But the weather in Los Angeles gets pretty hot. So, right, if that's but like, great... New York yeah. constantly has, like, these terrible winters, you know what I mean? All those storms that keep, like, destroying the eastern seaboard. The, the, not for the me. The winters in New York are not as bad as the winter in Korea. I'm sure they aren't. But you just said the winter in Korea was fine. Yeah, but in, like, the last three or four years, I constantly keep hearing about all these storms that are, like, destroying the eastern seaboard, like, particularly, like, you know, the New York area and all that stuff. And that's just not something I want to ever experience. Even if I live there for 60 years and I experience it twice, that's too many times. A storm. A thing like a that storm lasts that, like, three days. shuts down the whole city. I don't it's know. It's like three days, man. I'm just saying. It, it was, like, flooding the city. It was, like, destroying houses, which is... That's different. Definitely what I am but talking that's, about. That's the first hurricane to hit New York in 50 years. You know what I mean? Like, we, we have true. terrible earthquakes in California from time to time, which is just as bad. Yeah, but, I mean, I can't remember an earthquake that was, like, traumatizing. Well, there was one when we were young, like, when we were five or six. Yeah. But... And, I mean, I remember it so vaguely that I don't feel bothered by it in any way. But you're talking about 50 you know I mean? years. Like, there will be another one that will be significant. I'm sure there will be. I'm sure it will. Okay. And, you know, I don't know. That bothers me less. The ground shaking bothers me a lot less than wind and water from the sky trying to destroy me so you just can never live anywhere other than los angeles because everywhere else has storms at some point i mean i'm sure i can i maybe i'm just you know exaggerating it or being a weenie about it i don't know i'd really have to think about okay. it you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. just we'll come back to it just from what i've seen on the news recently i'm like i don't think i would ever want to experience that okay that's all yeah no i mean i, I could understand it and it probably seems worse when you've never experienced it no you're right no i i mean i completely understand that okay I just have no interest in ever experiencing it at okay. all. I'll be I'll be curious to hear though next time if you think about a couple different places that you might consider living and like why you would consider living in those places. Yeah, I'll definitely I'll definitely really think about it. Okay. Like I really like Seoul. I mean, I don't know if I would want to live in Seoul, but a city like Seoul would be a very very neat place to live. Yeah. Well, and I'm excited for you to travel a lot more at some point and explore and kind of get a feel for how you would like living in different places you know yeah because after i studied in france i roamed around europe for six weeks and a lot of what that was was spending four or five days in each city to get just a feel for what it was to try to live in that city obviously you don't get a great feel in four or five days but it gives Mm -hmm. you a chance to eliminate a lot of places because you're like oh no i could never live here this is just too small and everything shut down at noon and just nothing ever seems to happen that place is gone Right, And so I'm excited for you to take off and have a big trip at some point and and get a feel for that. Me too. We're recording just before Halloween. Spooky! (laughs) Yes, exactly. 
And so this is kind of our Halloween special, I guess. It's a spooky Halloween. Yeah, and Halloween, I didn't really realize this before, but Halloween comes from Ireland. The, it's like an Irish thing. Yeah, the whole Samhain or whatever it's called. Yeah, I, I don't know what you're talking about, but yes, it comes from here. Yeah, I, I forget how it's pronounced, but it's called like Samhain or something. What is it? Something like that. I, what are you I, talking about? It's like a, it's like some weird Celtic religion. I honestly don't remember. I, okay. I read about it like years ago, but yeah, Halloween is like an Irish yeah. thing. Oh, I mean, I'll b- believe you. I, I don't know. There is some sort of ancient Celtic tradition around it. Because um, I always thought it was just All Hallows' Eve. And it kind of came from the same tradition as Day of the Dead in, like, Mexico and Latin America. And All Hallows' mm-hmm. or All Saints' Day coming out of, you know, the Catholic tradition in Europe. But apparently... Nah, it's like a pagan some thing. Some whole other yeah. thing. Well, like, I knew it was a pagan thing, but I thought it had been appropriated by the Catholics and then... I didn't think it had any kind of Celtic roots. I guess that's my point. Ah, that's fair. And it's funny because it's not as big of a thing here as it is back home, which I just find really entertaining. Something that comes from here is not as big of a thing here. I don't know. It just makes me laugh a lot. I mean, I feel like that's probably true for some some other holidays. Yeah. Don't ask for any examples I can give you. Yeah, I'm like, uh, I don't know about that. But yeah, it's the kind of thing where you look at like Cinco de Mayo is not even really a thing in Mexico at all. Oh, and it it's doesn't just exist in Mexico. huge yeah. in the States. Obviously, it's a historical yeah. date of some significance in Mexico, but it's not like a celebration or any kind of yeah, anything like that. It's just so minor, right? Right, yeah. It's like talking about the end of the Civil War in the States. It's not a date that anybody knows or pays attention to. Right. But it's just been absorbed into this massive thing in the States. So I just wanted to get a sense, like, do you care about halloween do you like halloween do you do things for halloween i feel like i did when i was a kid okay but once you become like even just like a teenager it's like what do you do during halloween put on a mask maybe you go to a party i feel like it gives like a very cool like feeling you know like ooh, scary movies and sure and like sort of like a fun mischievous thing but there's nothing to do i mean there's plenty of things to do but it's just to me it's eh not into it i don't decorate i don't dress up yeah just not into it don't feel it doesn't really grab my interest like when i was a kid it was great it was fun candy getting to dress up it's just don't have the same enthusiasm for it yeah i would i would say i liked it a little bit as a kid so it's in that great holiday basin of the fall and beginning of winter where you've got halloween thanksgiving christmas right and you've got the football season and all the great fall food and pumpkin pies and pecan pies and just all all right, of the but good that's stuff not even well but that's like it's kind of a fall celebration you know what i mean right i mean i guess there is sort of but it doesn't have like the good food or like that cheerful feeling you get in christmas when you give stuff and sure. get stuff and get together and just hang out with your family or your friends but or... to me it was always like the start of a celebratory season mm, like it's right, the thing that okay. like kicked off the holidays i see what you mean okay that's that's a that's a cool way of looking at it i've never really felt that way about it but and, and so that's what i always appreciated and like as a kid you know it was always i hated the summer because the summer was way too hot then i hated the fall because you go back to school in september and it's just incredibly hot and none of the schools had air conditioning and you just sit sweltering in a classroom feeling like you're gonna die hating life and then october comes and it started to cool off and then you got all of these holidays, and then just all of the great stuff starts, and you really get into the football season. So, so I always liked Halloween because of its placement. But the actual holiday, for one thing, I trick-or-treated for way too long. I was greedy for candy, I would say, as like a 13, 14-year-old. There's no way I should have been trick-or-treating. At, I think the last year I did it, I was 12 or 13. I don't know. I think I was around that same age. I feel like 12 or 13 is kind of where it 
drops off maybe i don't know if people quit earlier than that i feel like that's too late like i definitely remember really? the last time i went trick-or-treating i ended up stopping at a couple of my friends houses not really realizing it was my friends houses and they were just there like hanging out and i was like uh ah, this doesn't feel right and i remember i like was hunched over so that i would seem like i was smaller than i actually was because i was also enormous as a middle schooler that's true I was, you like, were the same size i am now. very tall and i had a oh, beard I... coming in too so you know like you don't look like a child I could... at that point right yeah. well i can see how that might affect you yeah because right. i i was like five five when i was 13 i yeah, mean true true Different. <laughs> no facial hair no one was confusing me for uh, even a teenager <laughs> yeah well you looked really like a pup until high school yeah and even then, people still had trouble believing I was old enough to go outside by you myself. Were, you after were young and young looking, at least. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I would say, like, as an adult, I have been less and less enjoying Halloween. Like, sometimes it can be a great occasion to have a big party. Like when I was in Korea, it was a lot of fun with my friends. But I just constantly have this sense. Okay, so I have this. So I don't like Las Vegas. Newsflash, and I don't like Las Vegas because. It's the only place I've ever been where I feel like everyone is constantly doing things that they know are not acceptable, but they're acceptable because they're in Vegas. Mm. That everyone's like, that oh yeah, sense. it's completely acceptable for me to just be half naked and hanging on people and just... Being like sloppy drunk in public. Exactly, just like and vomiting everywhere. on the street and like falling down escalators as someone we know very well did. Damn, that's cold, dude. You really had to bring that up. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, like... It wasn't me, by the way. <laughs> yeah, no, it was not Michael. But it's the kind of thing where just everyone is kind of their worst selves in Vegas. And I feel like for Halloween, everyone's just kind of their worst self. Half the point of most women's costumes are just, oh, I can be as the most sexual thing in the world. And half the point of most parties is, yeah, we're going to get hammered and we're going to be weirdly inappropriate with a lot of stuff yeah and, and I, I i just can't get on board with that i guess it just makes me uncomfortable because there are so many things that i feel like just are not okay right that are suddenly okay i get what you're saying like oh you would never normally act like that any other day of the year but today somehow it makes it acceptable exactly and i could see i could see how that might be off-putting although i do kind of like the idea of maybe like getting together and having like halloween scary horror movie night or doing something along those lines you know like really doing something cool yeah I, I will say i like the scary aspect of it but i feel like as an adult the scary aspect has faded a lot like that was a child thing like i remember when i was a kid my brother and i were too old to trick-or-treat so we were trying to scare people and we had this whole thing where we uh -huh. would set up corpses on the lawn and i would pretend to be one of the, like stuffed corpses and then grab people's legs and terrify them and he had like a cable swing coming down from a tree where he would wear like this cape and come down right on top of people and just terrify them you know that was a lot of fun but as an adult all of the scariness has kind of faded and it's been replaced by uncomfortable sexualness and inappropriateness that's true. I mean, I think it really does depend on the people. I mean, yeah, sure. my girlfriend, she loves Halloween, man, and she likes to dress up, and I don't think she's ever chosen to be like... A slutty pumpkin or something? A slutty yeah. anything. No, nothing like that. She's been like Mary Poppins. Okay, nice. That's a good yeah, one. Yeah, like, uh, like she wants to be like Beetlejuice this year. She just loves Halloween because of the cool Halloween stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I could see for some people that really like dressing yeah, up and stuff. Yeah, because it's fun. 
it is the best opportunity to like kind of put on a show with like costumes right. and things for the whole year yeah yeah and you know even though personally i'm not a big fan of it since i've been dating my girlfriend yeah it's kind of allowed me to get like a perspective on things that i feel like i'm too old for okay and then see her enjoy and be like you know i guess you're never really too old for those kind of things as long as you find the right avenue or plan it accordingly like you could still enjoy something for what it is yeah sure if you actually enjoy it then it doesn't really matter i mean i know i'm i'm probably seem like a bit of a grump with the whole thing i'm i'm with you like i think it can be enjoyable it's just it, it kind of hits a lot of my buttons for things that annoy me i guess mm-hmm. because the other aspect of it is i'm just incredibly cheap and it's unimaginable to me how some people go out there and they spend like 150 bucks on getting an awesome costume and getting all made up and everything and i'm just like no I will not be doing that. I will not be spending money for this thing that I will never wear again. That's not even that right. great to begin with. That's fair. But I mean, if other people do it, it's not like you're losing any money. No, that's true. But then I, <laughs> then I look like a crap person because I show up to a terrible costume that's just not very good. Either your costume is really trite or it's really, really fancy and expensive. I'm going to have to disagree with you on that one. I feel like once you hit a certain age... Either your costume's good and you put effort into it and good for you, or your costume's not great, you're not really into Halloween, why would you? You're an adult. You know what I mean? But you think people view it like that? I mean, maybe. I, I would feel like a lot of people do. I mean, there might be, if you have like a very large social group that just loves Halloween and you put in the least effort out of all of them and they give you a hard time about yeah. it, maybe in that specific scenario. But I don't think anyone would ever judge your like social or economic or moral standing based on how good your costume is well no or how much money you put into it you know it's not like it's not like christmas where you know people maybe they're like giving you gifts and you're like oh yeah i I got you a handshake for christmas and they're just like (laughs) really dude you know what i mean yes yes, like i I think fair enough right like fair enough yeah if someone's inviting you to do something and they know who you are and you don't want to do it and you're doing it because they're inviting you to and you don't want to like say no to your friends or your company or whatever it's not up to you to put in the effort that other people want to put in just because they're putting in the effort i think it'd be weird for someone to expect you to put in as much effort into something that they are because they like it like that just seems ridiculous but you know that people want you to right but who cares if they want you to they should understand that you're not going to okay so where does halloween fall on like the hierarchy of holidays for you what's the best holiday what's the what's the top of the line i like christmas a lot Okay. Just because I like buying gifts for people and getting gifts or exchanging gifts, I think. I, I like doing that. I don't even necessarily like receiving anything, but I do like getting people things. And generally, I think about people, but I'm not very like, okay, hey, I'm thinking about you or, hey, how are you doing or blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so yeah. I feel like Christmas lets me express that. I do like the gift exchanging at Christmas. It's funny because I really mm-hmm. hate giving gifts for birthdays. It seems outrageous to me that people expect you to remember their birthday or they expect you to wish them a happy birthday. Why is that a thing that I should know about your life? That doesn't make any sense to me. If you're close with someone, I think just being like, hey, I was thinking about you. Happy birthday. Again, it's one of the few times of the year where I could be like, oh, you know, I don't get to tell you that I think about you, but I know it's your birthday. I'm thinking about you. Happy birthday. Like, I'm not going to go out and buy them a flat screen TV. Maybe I'll be like, <laughs> okay. you want to get some some lunch? Yeah, I don't know. It just seems you know, like outrageous to me. Well, like, even like a birthday, you don't have to be super thoughtful. And I don't think you have to be super thoughtful for Christmas either. But for Christmas, there's sort of like this mutual 
exchange, I guess. See, I, I like Kid at Christmas because Christmas is kind of the end of the year. You want to show appreciation. Everybody knows that this is the time that you show appreciation for things. You give thanks. You show appreciation to other people around you and you give them things. And so it's a way for me in the way I think about things to be like, I really appreciate you. Thank you for being in my life this last year. Here's this sign of my appreciation at this time of year of appreciation. But for a birthday, it's just the middle of nowhere. Nothing's going on. Especially because, like, how many people do you know? You know 100 people, maybe? Maybe you're close to 15 or 20 of them, right? I mean, that seems like a stretch even. But... <laughs> okay. Right. But, like... but I don't go out of my way to remember anyone who I'm not close with's birthday. And I don't expect anyone to remember my birthday. I guess it's just that the birthday seems like such an insignificant thing. I mean, life is fleeting, John. People don't have a lot of time to do a lot of the things they want. And sometimes they just want to celebrate the reminder that they're getting older and death is coming. You know, let people have that, John. I like it more from that perspective, actually. That's how I think about everything. Okay. It's very grim. Nice. <laughs> Everyone's gonna die. Yeah, I'm with you on Christmas, though. I, I love Spooky. Christmas. It's just... I will say, I think my favorite holiday is Thanksgiving, though. I was going to say that that one might top Christmas just because the food. There's no holiday feeling for me there. It's literally just the food. There's no holiday feeling for you, really? Thanksgiving? No. Thanksgiving is a farce. The food? Amazing. A farce? Thanksgiving is the king of holidays. Dude, it's based on a whole genocide of people. The origin of it is beside the point. But we celebrate that. I'm just saying. Right, but the origin of christmas or halloween are these ancient pagan festivals that doesn't play in what you're thinking about in terms of what what the holiday means for you and what the holiday means to your life i know i'm just saying they don't have the same implication Uh, but the food is delicious love the food i'm never not going to celebrate thanksgiving if it includes turkey or ham and mashed potatoes and yams and all that good deliciousness that comes with it sign me up Every year. Thanksgiving is not like a celebration of the genocide of people. It happens that after the initial Thanksgiving that we're trying to have remembrance of, there was massive (laughs) destruction of a civilization. (laughs) But but that's not the point of Thanksgiving. That's like saying, oh, let's celebrate. That's not the point of Thanksgiving. That's that's like saying celebrating like Christmas is a celebration of the Crusades (laughs) and like murdering people in the middle east well that's not what you're doing hey separate but at least they were fighting back and equally murdering you know what that was an exchange man so you think murder for murder you think that with (laughs) native americans the native americans were just like oh yes please shoot us i mean it wasn't equal no it wasn't equal but it wasn't (laughs) not even remotely the crusades weren't equal like no war is equal one side does better than the other side but at least that one was probably competitive for a while at least one of the Crusades was pretty competitive. Most, yeah, they were all com- competitive. See? Like, I don't think it's necessarily better to have a competitive war. <laughs> like, I think it is better. At least, you know, they could be like, well, we almost had our chance. We weren't wiped out. We just lost. Those people were like, well, they came, and then they ate our food, and then they came after us, and there's only, like, all right. 10% of us left. I, I still think this is beside <laughs> the point. Like, I understand. Thanksgiving is about giving thanks. It's a harvest festival, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's the best time of year. It's a time to spend with family. Like, I love that you get two days off at the end of the week, so you just have this long weekend where you have this big meal at the best time of year to, like, hang out with people and eat and celebrate. Not celebrate any, like, particular religion or theme. Like, the whole point of the celebration is to celebrate your family and just life. And I think that that's... It's just such a warm feeling, which is... I guess you're right in that regard. I mean... 
the context for me is always going to be people got wiped out. But the food, <sighs> the food I will always appreciate. Because Thanksgiving is, it's so, like, short. It's like, what? There's no buildup. Christmas, there's this whole season of cheer. It's like a month and a half long, you know what I mean? It, it rolls into New Year's. Sure. Like, yeah. oh, merriment and happiness and goodwill to one another. And Thanksgiving, it's just the day of Thanksgiving. Oh, I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for that. Let's eat. You know what I mean? It just feels so... Uh, I wonder if the difference in our feelings about this is the fact that you're Hispanic. I wonder if that affects the cultural baggage that is associated yeah, with it. That's pretty racist of you to say, John. No, I'm just kidding. Well, no, because like... <laughs> I mean, No, I understand. I, I understand that maybe, you know... There's, there's different significance. Well, because I'm just thinking that like my family has so many old traditions, I guess, around Thanksgiving, from like my grandparents and things and great grandparents okay. that are not things that you guys would necessarily have. And like I remember even talking with some of our other friends, like Carlos and things, when we were younger, about what they eat for Thanksgiving and what they do for Thanksgiving. And it's a, it's kind of a completely different tradition, I would say, with some of them, I guess. You know what I mean? I mean, I suppose. I mean, turkey, ham, mashed potatoes, all that, all that stuff, stuffing, cranberry. Like, I mean, but yeah, for I guess because it's not really like a tradition. It's just like a oh, it's a holiday, for food. Right. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, but that's I. Just, that's just what it is for me. Yeah. I, so I, I guess yeah. I mean, I guess that's true. It's it's maybe for you. It's more like a tradition, like a family, like really, really meaningful. Yeah. For me, it's just like I'm gonna hang out with. The in-laws and have some turkey. The in-laws, man? You don't have a wife. You don't have in-laws. That's true. Well, I guess my brother's in-laws. Oh, okay. But I spend so much time with them that they're... I don't actually know how that works. Because technically yeah, they I don't would know how be that works in-laws as well. But they're not... Yeah. yeah I don't know. That's that's strange. Yeah, see, that's what I mean. No, I'm with so you. I don't I'm know how else to... Okay. Yeah, this guy thought he had a point. I think the biggest thing in terms of holidays that I miss being outside of the U.S. is Thanksgiving. Like, when I was in... Korea when I was in China not having Thanksgiving just really dragged on me is that like one of the rare instances of like homesickness that you get it's not even homesickness it's just like I want to enjoy this and I want to like celebrate it but there's no one to celebrate it with even the other Americans I know like I don't know most of the people that I knew in like Korea were not Americans Mm -hmm. I only know knew a few Americans and we kind of did a celebration for the Thanksgiving but I think it's the placement of it the fact that it's on a Thursday that mm-hmm. if you live in a country that doesn't have it, you can't really have a big celebration because you have to go to work the next day. I mean, we did get we st- did still get Christmas off. Christianity is a big enough thing around the world that Christmas is a big thing. But Thanksgiving is really unique to the United States and Canada. And so right. it's weird to go through a whole holiday season that is really a big thing back home and not even have it acknowledged at all by anyone. Yeah, I can. I can it's see as that though it doesn't be... even exist. It's a really weird. It's a really weird kind of thing. Yeah, no, I get that. That makes sense. I guess it's just one of those things you have to like adapt to or make your own new tradition. Maybe on that Saturday if you have to. True, and I've, I've, yeah, I've tried to do that. Like when I was in France, I tried to participate with one of my friends' uh, Thanksgivings. She was nice enough to invite me. And in Korea, we had dinner with the, the you know, the few Americans that were there, and. China, I did absolutely nothing, which was sad. It made me sad. But well, I got dinner with two of my friends. We got barbecue. It was, it was, it wasn't the worst thing. But right, it just wasn't. The it same. was not the same. You just go out to a restaurant and get some, you know, brisket. It's, it's not quite, yeah, not quite the same. 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm very much looking forward to Thanksgiving here, though. Even though they don't celebrate it, I'm still looking forward to it. Dude, yeah, they have turkeys. Get a turkey, you cook that sucker up, have your own thing. Yeah, I have an oven, which is incredible. I haven't had an oven in ages. So, yeah, I guess I could technically do that. I don't know really any Americans here, though. I should I should just spend the next month going out and meeting Americans so that I can have a Thanksgiving with them. Absolutely, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah that, would be, that would be something. Yeah, like, honestly, if by some miracle I could ever get that kind of time off, I would totally go there and celebrate it with you. I feel like that'd be a fun fun thing to you can do. just use one of the breaks in the jobs that you quit before you start your next job just be like oh sorry i had a trip to ireland that i have to go on that's too late for that so, dude oh, well. <laughs> i'm starting my new job that's on friday maybe, maybe you'll get another one you can move to and quit this job yeah it's like an even better yeah, one exactly with even more money that's even closer yeah, that'd be good <laughs> at that point i'd just be pushing my luck that's, that's true that's true you don't want to push it too far um you want to wrap this one up man sure do okay i'll see you next week man all right bye how are we Pouring myself another cup of coffee. Okay. Dun, 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 dun. Sorry. Intermission for coffee. <laughs> yeah. This is just a test. Gotta put it in the milk. Yeah.
that's yeah. the good stuff. That's the stuff. Certainly is. Okay, 